Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bry Comedy, and uh, you can reach me at all of my socials at Chef Bry Comedy, that's Chef B-R-Y, and you can reach my wife, Rebecca, at Spooky Nerdy Gal on Instagram. And so today, you guys, without further ado, uh, we are going to uh, uncover the phenomenon known as Mothman. There has uh, been many, many sightings. Um, normally, I wouldn't do uh, cryptid sightings if there are just a couple here and there, but we have uncovered dozens, if not hundreds, of sightings that are actually as recent as uh, this month. And so we want to go into that with you guys, uh, and then we'll go into uh, the phenomenon and where it started in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and we'll talk about the pop culture references, and then we'll talk about uh, our uh, discoveries and our through line is that we've started to un- uh, understand the connection between uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch and paranormal hotspots and their shared phenomenon. And so uh, I don't want to give away too much, but uh, it's going to be a fun one, you guys. So grab yourself a drink and a snack and uh, share this with all your friends that are into the paranormal. I think they would really enjoy this. Uh, I am a uh, for uh, empaths and I am here to help you have robust mental health. And I am also here uh, as a paranormal investigator, and uh, I'm here uh, really just to enjoy the spooky side of life and to live the best possible life you can. That's what this is all about. So strap in, and let's get started. Hey, guys. Welcome to another episode of Surviving Empathy. I am your host, Brian Russell, with my co-host today. You know her, you love her, Rebecca Russell. Please say hi to the folks. Hi to the folks. So, hey, guys. Uh, so thank you again for listening. Um, I know that you guys uh, are major fans of the empath stuff and uh, uh, not as much fans of the cryptid stuff, but uh, fuck you. I'm doing what I want. No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, I, I love you guys, uh, but I got, I'm trying to maintain a balance here. I'm really trying to maintain a balance between the cryptid stuff and the paranormal stuff, and uh, the mental health stuff, and the empath stuff, it all, it's all equally important to me, but um, because we're winding down the season, we got one more left to do, I thought, you know, we need to get one more cryptid in there. And so, today, without further ado, uh, we're going to talk about um, <clears throat> the, uh, the infamous Mothman, because uh, lately, there's been sightings, like, as recently as this month. And yeah, so I wanted to kind of, yeah, so we're going to, uh, the, 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 the outline here, I almost couldn't get that out. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, <laughs> uh, the outline today is we're going to talk about uh, recent sightings, and then we're going to go back and tell you guys all about how it rose to fame uh, in the 1966-1967 Point Pleasant uh, famous story. You know, we all know, y'all know, y'all know. Anybody who's seen the movie, come on. Should know. You should know. Um, but um, what's really, you know, the reason why I haven't spoken about Mothman sooner, honestly, is because I really thought it was a, a dead thing. I didn't think that there was anything going on with it. You know, um, I am, you know, biased. I don't necessarily believe, but I love the movie. Richard Gere, I swoon every time. Like, <laughs> I can't help it. Like, it's a great movie. He's a handsome man. <laughs> He is. He's got bedroom eyes. In his heyday. (laughs) In his heyday. Still, at 80, whatever he is now. How old is Richard Gere, I wonder? I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, um, yeah, so there's recent sightings, you guys, and that's what's so amazing, is that uh, there's a sighting as uh, 
recent as August 7th. So I'm going to read you guys a little bit of an article. Uh, it's from uh, the Wisconsin Frights, which is a, probably a kick-ass little uh, spread there in Wisconsin. But anyway, it says, Mothman at the Wisconsin State Fair. Workers see a seven-foot winged demon near the main stage. <clears throat> uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. A large winged creature was witnessed by staff at the Wisconsin State Fair. Following a performance by the Christian rock band Skillet, I've heard of them, I don't know their songs, on August 7, 2021, according to a report posted on the UFO Clearinghouse blog, the two witnesses were cleaning up trash by the main stage area after the concert when one of them spotted the creature and shouted, What the fuck is that? That is a perfectly reasonable uh, reaction. I think so. I think I'd probably say that something along those lines. Uh, I looked up, and there were there about 30 feet in front of us toward the parking lot was what looked like a very tall being, but it wasn't like any person I have ever seen before, the witness who reported the incident said. <clears throat> it was about seven feet tall and thin but looked very solid. It was coal black and had two glowing yellow eyes. Oh, yellow. yellow. I usually we hear red. red. Yeah. Uh, and it had wings. Literal fucking wings that must have stretched out 12 feet from tip to top, tip to tip, uh, coming out of its back. This thing looked like a literal demon from the depths of hell, and it appeared to be staring directly at the stage where there were still people being uh, breaking down equipment from the earlier concert. Uh, the entire the entity uh, took a few unsteady steps toward the stage then turned its head to look directly at the two onlookers. <laughs> Can you imagine? You, you're like, yeah. you're just like this janitor doing cleanup stuff. You're like, I didn't sign up for this. No. I'd <laughs> uh, pee my pants. Yeah. Uh, it says, <clears throat> the air felt like it was drained straight out of my lungs, and I felt an overwhelming sense of terror. Not fear, but absolute terror, like my life was going to end right then and there, and this thing was going to snatch my soul and drag it down to hell. Uh, the witness said, well, they are all Christians. They probably believe in hell. <laughs> True. Um, it then flapped its wings rapidly a couple of times, almost like it was stretching them out and took off into the air and was gone. It was swallowed up by the night and was done in a matter of a few milliseconds. The creature uh, known as Mothman originated around Point Pleasant, West Virginia, with multiple sightings between 1966 and 1967. The encounters along with UFO sightings, and we'll get into that, and other strange phenomena seemingly culminated in the collapse of the Silver Bridge in 1967 that plunged cars into the dark, icy waters of the Ohio River and killed 46 people. This earned Mothman the reputation as a harbinger of doom. Reports of the Black Bird of Chernobyl witnessed before the catastrophic explosion of the Chernobyl nuclear power plant in Ukraine, seem to support the idea that the entity arrives prior to an impending disaster as either a warning of the cause of the, co the coming tragedy. Eyewitnesses describe Mothman as standing 6 to 10 feet tall, covered in fur or leathery skin, with bat-like wings spanning 10 feet or more. The eyes are typically red, but yellow, orange, and even green have been reported. Since 2011, there have been numerous sightings of a large winged humanoid creature or creatures in areas near the Lake Michigan shoreline. The Chicago Mothman, as it's been dubbed, has mostly been seen in areas around Chicago, 
though there have been uh, reports of sightings further north in Wisconsin. This may be the first sighting of such a creature in Milwaukee. Hey, I just came here for the sausages, eh? (laughs) Uh, I'm confident that what I saw was real, and it stuck in my head all night long, the witness said. My partner looked like he had seen the devil himself. He said it had scared him, and he was going to stick towards the well-lit areas for the rest of the night. What did these two uh, state fair workers see? Mothman? A literal demon? Tell us what you think in the comments below. Okay. So, so yeah, that's the article. Um, and then, uh, just to kind of give you more context, um, I'm going to uh, go into uh, the case of the Chicago Mothman uh, because there have been sightings uh, in the Chicago area uh, between tw- 2011 and 2017. Yeah. Right. So... Um, says the Chicago region has been experiencing a collective case of the heebie-jeebies in recent years, ever since reports of a giant flying winged humanoid began surfacing in 2011. The reports, which peaked in 2017, inspired Chicago-based comics artist Sarah Beacon to bring Curious City this question. I guess that's the, uh, the periodical mm-hmm. there. Uh, there was a rash of sightings in Chicago of a creature that people then called the Chicago Mothman. Did we ever find out what it was? Well... Despite exhaustive research, interviews with witnesses and cryptozoologists and one good old-fashioned monster hunt, uh, we were unable to get the bottom of this mystery. But for the sake of science, we've compiled everything we were able to surmise in a digital case file. Our hope is that Chicagoans will be able to keep this investigation going so that we may one day meet our winged friend and ride upon him like a luck dragon. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, let's see. Uh, then it says, we are not responsible for any laws that are broken in the pursuit of Mothman. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Disclaimer, Disclaimer there. Yeah. Anyway, so here uh, it talks about, and they, they go into it more. Uh, in the late 60s, people around Point Pleasant, West Virginia, began reporting sightings of a creature that would later be dubbed Mothman. It would uh, reportedly emerge, fly as fast as 100 miles per hour, and oftentimes leave witnesses with a deep sense of dread. It was later suggested by some locals that Mothman was trying to warn humans of an impending nearby tragedy. The 1967 Silver Bridge collapse where 46 people died. However, other uh, posit that this supposed supernatural collection was simply a way for people to make sense of a tragedy without meaning. As one would think, there are more direct ways to warn people of danger than just being spooky. <laughs> well, maybe that's all it knows how to do is be spooky. Just be there if and... you look like that, it's kind of hard to be like, hello, kind sir. I'd like to tell you about the impending uh, tragedy of uh, River, Ohio. Uh, in the much. Yeah. In the in, in intervening years, Mothman's uh, cult fame grew, becoming the subject of an annual festival, a museum, and even a 2002 movie uh, starring uh, Dreamboat Richard Gere. I added that part. You did. I have a thing for Richard Gere. I did not know that until yesterday. I know. Sorry. Uh, Totally not in a sexual way. Just that he's a dreamboat. I I get it. Okay. Yeah. He he knows how to play serious. And just the movie, the tone of that movie. Oh, love it. Great. And the soundtrack. Perfect. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, More recently, uh, new reports have emerged starting in 2011 and peaking in 2017 sightings of a Mothman-like creature began surfacing all over Chicagoland. It still remains unknown whether Chicago Mothman is a subspecies of the West Virginia Mothman or the same species, or whether it is perhaps just a heron that got caught in a garbage bag. (laughs) 
Hey, quit messing up the audio, Wait, you. I ran into it with my Fella. Head. Hey, you. Stop it. Okay. Yeah, she does that. She loves bumping. I do. Uh, it's, her, it's her jam. I'm a klutz, so yeah. <laughs> so blame her for the audio quality. It's not me. Uh, just kidding. Uh, okay. Uh, below are some clues we've gathered based on reported sightings and interviews. So it talks about uh, the physical characteristics. And uh, do you want to read this part, babe? No, you can read it. Okay. You've read it before. You're more familiar oh, okay. with it. Okay. So the physical characteristics, uh, size and shape between 6 to 10 feet tall, 10-plus uh, foot wingspan. Species, uh, it's been compared to a big owl, a pterosaur, or a bat. The eye colors are red, green, yellow, and orange. Have all been reported. Probably all the other colors, too, it says. So, I don't know. All the colors. <laughs> All the numbers. Okay. Sorry, that's my Giuliani impression. Very bad. Uh, other reported features, fur, leather-like skin, bat wings, no neck. Okay, possibly confused with a barred owl, a shit poke. It's a shite poke. It's a bird. It's a heron. <laughs> I looked it up. It's a, it's called shite poke, but it's S-H-I-T-E, the way Scottish people say shit. Shite. Yeah. It's a bunch of shite. Exactly. It's a shite poke. <laughs> Uh, a sandhill crane bird. is a big ass bird. A drone costume, or another uh, Chicago cryptid. Anyway, okay. So the behavior: uh, screaming, flying toward lake, disappearing, going real fast, uh, portending, looking at people with eyeballs. <laughs> That's their behavior. <laughs> they look at people with their eyeballs. Quit looking at me with your eyeballs. Look at me with your ears. Yeah. Uh, diet: <clears throat> Mothman was alleged to have eaten a German shepherd. Uh, belonging to Newell Partridge of Salem, West Virginia, in 1967. It is unclear if they eat German shepherds exclusively, or rather just the <laughs> pets of Newell Partridge. <laughs> uh, sightings. So you can see here how uh, this is a legend. It is folklore. Um, but there have been hundreds of sightings, you guys. And so that's the thing here is that, yes, it's easy to poke fun and keep it light. And it is. And it is fun. But it is. Like, can you imagine if you really saw it, though? You'd be. No. Crapping your pants. I would. Yeah. Um, so anyway, it says, in the city of Mothfolk, uh, that's uh, telling, that's uh, Mothfolk, Mothfolk, <laughs> Mothfolk, are spotted all over, though most often by bodies of water. Sightings collected via the Phantoms and Monsters website are compiled here in this map. And then it's got a whole bunch here, anonymous, uh, August 21st, 2017, uh, Northerly Island during solar eclipse. I'm not going to go into these, but there's one uh, August 2017, uh, West Town neighborhood, Chicago. Uh, October 26, 2017, Fulton Market Street near the corner of Morgan in Chicago. Uh, so there's been a lot in Chicago, and it seems to be, I mean, even though we do hear um, of sightings, I've heard of it, you know, uh, great tragedies like... Uh, I think the uh, Rio. I think I heard one in Rio during the earthquake. I heard of there Chernobyl. Was a few ones. Chernobyl. Yeah, so there was a uh... yeah, and so this is a really good time to go ahead and go into your stuff. <laughs> she's she's giving me the stank eye, you guys. She's like, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know what's going on. I'm 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 here. Okay, go ahead, babe. But well, yeah, talk about talk about. That. You already said two of my four, so you took away uh, well, my thunder. Well, you go ahead, thunder. Go but... ahead. No, no, go ahead. Re re but yeah, no, like you said, there are reports of um, a Mothman type creature being seen before the Chernobyl incident in 1986 um, mm -hmm. around the little city that was surrounding the power plant. Yeah. Um, 
And that was one that people later are maybe attributing to people looking back after they saw the movie. Right. Like, oh, hey, I saw that yeah. before. So I heard one that, of those things. That, yeah, I heard that too. I heard that like um, that it could be the tail wagging the dog where uh, the phenomenon gets so big and then people think they might have saw it. Because you hear that about 9-11. Yeah. Uh, you hear it some at, people. Yeah. There's supposedly a picture of a, a creature <clears throat> near one of the twin towers on 9/11. Yeah. Some people say it's just a weird angle of a bird, <coughs> but other people think it's an actual Mothman right. sighting. Right. In 2007, there was a bridge collapse in Minneapolis. Minneapolis. I can't talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I-35 bridge collapse. People right. saw right. a Mothman creature before that happened. In 2009, mm. there was a swine flu outbreak in Mexico. Right. Some people saw Mothman creatures in a graveyard that was across from a, a college. So different yeah. workers had seen things before that also. Yeah. So a few Crazy. times when there's been catastrophic incidents, people mm-hmm. have seen them. And when they report beforehand that they saw something that's a little more credible than when they say, oh, hey, that happened. And oh, yeah, I think I saw a, a winged creature. Right, right. Two days before that happened. So Yeah, yeah. Well, and and that's the thing is, um, you know, uh with Photoshop and, and, you know, zealots, you know, you never know when you're looking at a photo if it's real or not. Um, I posted a photo on my Instagram the other day of what's supposed to be the Mothman uh, from Chicago. Mm-hmm. And it is said to be a real picture. And so um, I can't, you know, claim the veracity. Yeah. That one, it was the guy who was sightseeing, bringing his family back to his old childhood at home, and he looked right. up and saw this thing sitting yeah. in the power wires well, and took that picture. So, so yeah. So, I mean, and that's the thing about all legends and folklore is, is that anything elusive that can escape detection for a long time, uh, that can um, take off really quickly, uh, you're, you're not sure how to separate fact from fish, fiction. And so, I've heard uh, that these things are absolutely real, um, but then... I've also heard that uh, the only ones we really can claim as actual and factual are the ones that took place in the uh, in the Midwest, you know, from uh, West Virginia, uh, Ohio, uh, uh, parts of New York, I've heard, and then uh, Chicago. Chicago. And so, and then that's not Midwest, but, you know, Eastern Seaborn it and is, Midwest, yeah. kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's a fascinating thing. Um, and it would make sense, I mean, if they're having all these sightings in Chicago – to see one more recently here in uh, in Wisconsin, because that's just north of close, Chicago. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the major city that pe- a lot of people in Wisconsin go to when they want to go somewhere. They go down to Chicago, you know, Comic-Con or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so it would make sense that that would be a natural uh, breeding ground because it is in that region where we've seen previous sightings. And that kind of, I think, helps uh, the veracity. Anytime you can, uh, you know... Uh, you know, because if you have one source, it's like, oh, that's okay, that's pretty good. But when you can have multiple sources of a uh, phenomenon or, or eyewitnesses, uh, it just kind of helps the credibility. So I can't be sure whether or not the Chernobyl one is real. I can't be sure nine eleven is real. I no. have seen pictures of it. I yeah, don't know if it's real yeah, or doctored no, though. That's the thing. But I mean, it is a fascinating thing. And so um, I was gonna go into. Uh, more stories of of the creature, but you get the gist. Um, there's a, a woman here, so from 2011 to 2017 in Chicago, a woman uh, that worked at a post office near Chicago O'Hare Airport uh, witnessed a sighting, and I'll just kind of go over it briefly. Um, uh, <clears throat> I had left work at the USPS 
uh, sorting facility at O'Hare Airport at about 11 p.m. on Thursday, the 24th of September. And that's this year. Uh, or was it last year? Last I think year. Last year, yeah. Uh, and was t- walking out of, uh, to my car when I saw something standing at the far end of the parking lot where I usually park. At first, I thought it was a tall, very tall person with a long coat. As I got closer to my car, I unlocked my car, which caused my headlights to come on. My headlights hit the person standing about 20 to 25 feet from my car, causing it to turn and look right at me. <clears throat> That's when you're like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw that this was not some person, but some red-eyed creature. And what appeared to be a coat were actually wings, which it spread out as it turned to look at me. At first, I thought it was some kind of very, very large bird, but I've never seen any bird that stood almost seven feet tall. I'm five foot four, and this thing looked taller than me by at least two feet. Uh, this thing then started uh, making some type of... Uh, hold on, I lost my place. <laughs> uh, this uh, thing then started making some type of chirping sound, almost a half chirp and a half click, like someone, someone was clicking their tongue, but much, much faster. It then made some type of screeching sound and took off uh, running toward me. Oh, my God. <laughs> it got to within 10 feet of me and took off into the air and flew above me. Uh, I was screaming hysterically as I crouched down behind cars, uh, open door, and I dived into my, uh, I dived into my car head first. I was in a near panic as I tried to start the car, close to lock the doors and turn on my interior lights. I started my car and took off out of the park, uh, out of the parking lot and flew down the road uh, until it, until I hit the main road. I got home and told my husband who also works at the same facility, and he was the one who told me about the sightings of this thing. I was scared shitless and hope I never see this thing again. This thing is roaming around the area, scaring people half to death. I hope the airport people decide to do something about this someday. (laughs) You know, it's really a problem. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like some nuisance, you know, it's really a problem. We call exterminators. Yeah. Could we maybe call someone? Uh, Neverett was able uh, to meet with the witnesses to discuss her sightings, although she was uh, at the first reluctant to discuss the issues after the initial report. Okay, so um, she's a 17-year-old veteran of the U.S. Postal Service and has worked at the O'Hare sorting facility for 15 years. She advised that on the night in question, she was walking toward her car after her shift had ended and was checking her text message on her phone as she made the familiar walk to her vehicle. I asked her if there was other people around, to which she said no, uh, as most of the other employees uh, leave right at shift, change, and usually um, she sticks around uh, to take care of that transition. So um, anyway, uh, that's really all we need to know. Um, But um, that's just so crazy. I mean, you know, because I... You know, you, you don't pay attention to these things. It's not like I have an alert on my phone that tells me every time a Mothman sighting mm-hmm. happens, you know. Um, but that would be a really great time to tell you guys that if you are interested in uh, getting updates, um, there is an app on the Google Play Store called simply the Mothman app. <laughs> well, I'm going to download that. I have it on my phone right here. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'll talk about it briefly um, because I think we've established the, 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 the case enough and what it looks like um, because, you know, we can't prove that it's real right here and there. But no. soon I want to go into your side of things. Um, I'm going to go into uh, the app real quick and then I'm going to go into uh, the connection 
to Men in Black and Indrid Cold, anyone who's familiar with the movie. I'll tell you what that's all about in a second. But anyways, the app is really cool. Uh, let me find it here. Uh, it just has a little picture of a Mothman, and it opens up, and it has the world's uh, Mothman Museum, and then it has the festival, the Mothman story, and then it has sighting reports. So if you click on the bottom here at sighting reports, it's basically just uh, a compilation. Somebody collates these, and they com mm -hmm. compile all these different sightings. And these, you know, are very recent. This was uh, two days, four days ago. This one was one month ago, one month ago, one month ago, two months ago, two months ago, two months ago, three months ago, three months ago. So there's literally dozens, and there's pictures here. This one's like, what What the fuck is this? This one looks like a picture of, like, he looks like uh, like the tick standing on a building yeah. or something. Yeah. Huh. Uh, I know what I'm doing when we're done with this. Right? Yeah. So it's a really cool app, um, but it, it shows all these testimonials over and over and over. And, I mean, there's literally dozens of these, you guys. So that's what got me th thinking, you know, this isn't just, you know, a, a bunch of paranormal freaks, uh, you know, geeking out on uh, a sighting. I When I heard that this... Uh, is recent and it's happening this year and last year um, and it has been happening from 2011 to 2017 I thought oh cool okay right yeah, on I had no idea yeah I didn't know either because it's not it's not stuff you hear every day they don't report this stuff on the six o'clock news <laughs> you know so um, so I'm really yeah so if you guys are interested yeah that Mothman app is pretty comprehensive um, you know it looks like it's made by it's not made by a big corporation so mm -hmm. it looks a little you you know, uh, humble, but you know, we'll say, but okay. it's neat. It's really cool. Um, but anyways, uh, so that, that leads me, uh, to, uh, so if you guys are familiar with the Mothman prophecies, it's the 2000 movie with uh, Dreamboat, uh, Richard Gere. And, um, it's, a, it's one of my favorite movies. I love the tone. You even forgot Laura Linney, and she's like the love of your life. Oh yeah. Laura Richard Linney. Gere yeah. Over Laura Linney. Well, How is that even I know, I know. Actually, Laura Linney is my is my more my jam than Richard Gere. <laughs> She's in it too, and that's what really sells it for me. Uh, and then that guy that was in uh, he was in uh, what's that movie? Uh, uh, you know where they stop the comet from blowing up Earth? One of those Bruce movies. Willis I don't and remember what anyway, called. Yeah, that, yeah, he's in that, but he's a really good actor. He plays the the guy uh, in it. Um, Anyway, we, we won't give it away if you haven't seen the movie. But um, let me get back uh, to the connections here because what we're trying to do here is establish the Mothman as the phenomenon uh, and show you that there's been recent sightings. And then here, uh, anyone who's familiar with uh, this podcast knows that we're trying to understand uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch uh, because at the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, we are seeing... Uh, Paranormal hotspots popping up there. And then when we watch that other uh, documentary about the UFO uh, Bigfoot, Bigfoot connection, yeah, that there's hotspots in like Montana, there's hotspots in California, there's hotspots here in Eugene, Oregon, New Mexico, New Mexico, right. So they're all over. And so, and so we started to see a pattern, you guys. And, and I don't, we're probably not the first. I can't claim to be the first. I don't know. Maybe we are the first, but. What we're starting to see is that there's a pattern. And so um, before I go into this, uh, babe, why don't you uh, talk about what uh, patterns. The Point Pleasant? The, yeah. Thing and kind of like, yeah, and set that yeah. up for us. Okay. Well, I had 
never heard about the Mothman stuff until they talked about like the 1966-67 stories. But apparently, in that area along the Ohio River, there were a bunch of sightings between 1914 and the 1940s. There's not really any documentation or stories or anything, but just said that that was a thing that had been reported. But in 1966, it ramped up. There were within the year there were hundreds of sightings of Mothman, hundreds of UFO sightings, hundreds of sightings of weird, mysterious lights in the in the forests and the trees. Men in black showing up and talking to people who had mm-hmm. talked about seeing things or hearing things. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. And so that kind of segues me into uh, this connection between portals and uh, paranormal hotspots and the men in black and then Indrid Cold. Okay. Um, in the movie, they portrayed him one way, but I want to tell you how mm-hmm. it was really portrayed. Actually, um, yeah. So I'm just going to read this to you guys real quick. Uh, this is from the Mothman Wikia. It's a, uh, just a website about the Mothman. It says the men in black or MIB are mysterious strangers that reportedly attempt to threaten witnesses and reporters of reporters of strange occurrences such as the Mothman into silence. Some were uh, reported as having a, a dark features, an Eastern European look, expressionless faces, and strange eyes sometimes covered by dark sunglasses. Their movements often appeared to be inhuman in nature. They usually traveled in groups of two or three and had a knack for knowing things about the witness that they taunted, uh, things that only the witnesses knew. Then were even reports of them being masters of illusion by way of being able to make themselves appear and disappear without a trace. Some have reported them carrying sophisticated gadgets, and one woman claimed that the MIB erased part of her memory. So that's where you see the, the pop culture, stuff. right, yeah. from the movies. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so, and this, by the way, are excerpts from the Mothman Prophecies by John Keel. John Keel is the writer, and uh, we'll go into that in a little bit. But uh, it says here, uh, some MIB are even reported to dress in Air Force or military uniforms, but always with something just a bit wrong, such as the insignia being in the wrong place, wearing the wrong shoes, or driving a car that is not standard for a military officer. Uh, Mrs. Ralph Butler of Ottawa, Minnesota, said that an officer visited her in May of 1967. He went by the name Richard French. He was five feet, nine inches tall. That's pretty exact for eyeballing, but okay. Had an olive complexion, dark long hair, and a pointed face. His clothing appeared to be brand new. Even the soles of his shoes were clean and unscuffed. When Mrs. Butler offered him some jello, he tried to drink the jello and acted as if he'd never seen it before. These strange men, impersonating officials uh, and authority figures, are also referred to by the term men in black. Uh, the MIB are said to have had strange eating behaviors. Witnesses say they didn't know how to use a knife and fork and that a waitress had to come over and show the man how to cut his steak. They didn't chew their food. They just kind of swallowed it. Many thought of them as mysterious beings of unknown origin, poorly pretending to be human. So, wow. Um, <clears throat> and then it goes in, uh, goes on. Uh, then there were the phantom photographers who would take photos of witnesses or investigators often using a camera that had a blind, blind bright bl- had it blah, 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 that had a blindly bright flash which would uh, surprise or disorient the person while the the stranger ran or drove away <clears throat> in no- October 1967 
A man in Ohio was returning home from work. He opened the door of his apartment to find an intruder standing in his living room. The man said, I think he dressed in all black. I couldn't see his face, but he was about five foot nine. <laughs> I don't know how they know that, <laughs> but okay. Specific. Yeah. I started to fumble for the light switch. Then he took my picture. There was a big flash of light, so bright I couldn't see a thing. The stranger darted past him and went out the door. Nothing had been stolen. Those photographers would also take pictures of houses after the owner had been uh, witness to something strange. They'd pull up in black Cadillacs, take out big tripod and heavy camera, uh, set it on the tripod, snap a picture of the house, then put it all back in the car and quickly drive away without uh, ever going up to the door or contacting them. Uh, Some would drive up to the house of a witness who had just had a baby and uh, say they were professional photographers who wanted to take their pictures. The new parents would uh, be delighted and agree to it, having been to be done. The men would uh, set up, by the way, there's grammatical errors in this, so I'm trying not to. (laughs) Very professional. Uh, The new parents would uh, be delighted and agree to have it done. The men would set up their equipment and take pictures, give the people a business card with the neighborhood town listed, then drive away and never return to sell them photographs. Um, Another strange occurrence, uh, which could be classified as the MIB, is the phantom meter readers, which uh, is when a man dressed up in coveralls would knock on the door of a house in the suburbs and say he'd come to read the electric or gas meter. He'd go down to the basement and not come out. (laughs) Eventually, after hours had passed, the owners of the house would go check on him. Sometimes the man would be gone altogether, never to be seen ever again, when there was no way out of the basement. Other times the man would be just uh, just starting up the stairs as they opened the door. There were also reports of strange tanned men driving black limousines and claiming to be census takers. So starting to see kind of a pattern mm-hmm. there. Um, in 1953, a UFO researcher named Albert Bender claimed to have been visited by three mysterious men in black clothing. He claimed that it frightened him so much that he no longer wanted to investigate UFOs. Other began reporting similar encounters and examples of stories like this were found throughout time. John Keel, the main investigator of the Mothman and author of the Mothman prophecies, investigated reports of this kind and popularized the term men in black. And he also introduced the shorthand MIB. He used the phrase as a a generic label for reports of threatening and mysterious strangers or imposters, Uh, hypothesis and other researchers. Uh, Some people thought they were government agents. Some thought they were aliens. Some thought they were uh, time travelers from another dimension or the the spiritual realm. Uh, Whoever they were, they left a strong impression on those who they, who witnessed these mysterious men. Um, Various researchers, such as Nick Redfern, have written extensively about men and women in black. Uh, The following is a list of work on the topic for more insight on the subject. And it kind of goes, you know, Operation Trojan Horse by John Keel, 1970, is an actual book. Uh, Then you can go into The Mothman Prophecies, 1975. Uh, The Real Men in Black by Nick, Nick Redfern, 2011. Uh, Men in Black, Personal Stories and Eerie Adventures by Nick Redfern in 2015, and then Women in Black by Nick Redfern in 2016. Now, I have heard that Nick Redfern may be trying to, you know, make a little money off this, but if he's, mm-hmm. if, he, if he's being honest, I don't care. Like, yeah. that's fine, you know. Yeah. Um, and then it goes into MIB encounters at Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Unknown persons were reported to frequent the small town of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, usually dressed from head to toe in black suits. 
<clears throat> white shirts, black ties, and black shoes, which all appeared to be perfect in appearance, but yet completely out of style for the time of 1966-67. They're said to have asked people questions about the Mothman and told them not to speak about it. They uh, Not only did they visit reporter uh, Mary Heyer, and that's you have you have information on that, right? A little, a little bit. bit. Okay. Uh, not only did they visit uh, reporter Mary Heyer and question her about the creature, but one of them is said to have also threatened Mothman witness such as Connie Carpenter. A friend of Mary Heyer named Dottie Campbell spoke on the subject of the MIB in interviews. She uh, said that she and Mary were very frightened by them and that Heyer had uh, mentioned to her that these strange men never blinked their eyes. Uh, Mothman witnesses Linda Scarberry said... In an interview, the MIB wore black suits, black hats, and sunglasses. They drove black cars, Cadillacs, I think. <clears throat> they looked like human beings, but their skin was somewhat transparent. You could see the veins in their hands very clearly. Their fingers were longer than a normal person's fingers as well. Um, uh, Daddy shook hands with them, and he said they were awkward in shaking hands. They seemed not to know what to do or how to shake hands. She said one of the cars would follow us around. There were three men in a car, the MIB went so far as to follow us through the drive-thru of a restaurant. We were afraid to turn around and just looked in the mirror at them. A man and woman carrying a camera visited Mothman witnesses Steve and Mary Millette uh, wanting to take pictures of them. The Millettes took down the license plate of the Volkswagen, but the police said the number was non-existent. And so I heard, and then it goes on. I'm not going to go into every uh, sighting because it shows, it, it goes into more of these, um, um, one night in 67, Mary Heyer was working late in her office. Uh, the county courthouse uh, said an unknown man walked in the door. He described as very short, about four point four foot six inches tall, and had strange, dark, deep-set eyes and covered with glasses with thick lenses. He was wearing odd shoes with very thick soles, which probably added an inch or two to his height. He had long black hair cut squarely like a bowl cut and spoke in a peculiar, low, halted voice. Um, anyways, and she had several of these. And so um, kind of tell them, if you could, babe, about John Keel and Mary Heyer a little bit. Yeah, well, Mary Heyer was just, she lived in Point Pleasant and she was a reporter there. Um, and she had a column called Where the Waters Mingle. And that was where she started writing about all these Mothman encounters, Men in Black encounters, UFO encounters. Mm -hmm. And John Keel was a reporter <laughs> in New York City. And I hadn't realized that he was actually known as a ufologist. Yeah, so when right. Mothman slash UFO sightings started popping up in right. Point Pleasant, he had people contact him. And he went and spent a year yeah. off and on in Point Pleasant working with Mary Heyer to try to get down to the bottom of everything. Mm -hmm. um, he also had encounters with Men in Black. He had mail intercepted. His phones were monitored. Wow. So somebody was keeping track of them and what they were doing. Yeah. So who knows yeah. if it was a government agency. Right. But somebody didn't want anyone talking about the things that they were seeing. Yeah. And yeah. coming across. Yeah. And so that's pretty much... Do we, Do you have any other information to provide? Not really. Okay. Was... So, yeah, there's more, you guys. You know, there's... Like I said, there are literally hundreds of testimonials about this. And so we could go into every one, but I'm not going to bore you with that. I just wanted to read all that. To set the, um, just set the, set the uh, atmosphere because um, when Rebecca and I were doing this research, we started no noticing similarities between this and uh, the Secret of Skinwalker Ranch, and so we're like, "Huh, wow, that's weird," you know. 
because we're starting to see repeatable phenomenon. And so, do you have that mm-hmm. written down? I do. Go, go ahead and talk so. about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, like I already said, the the reports of ghosts and EVPs, mm-hmm. men in black, and or other government agencies or shadow agencies, to, right? Right. Secret Skinwalker Ranch. They saw a, a plane flying Sh- overhead that black that was that didn't have any markings on it, Just didn't plain have any black. identifying right. um, things, right. um, UFOs. And also, the uh, Point Pleasant is at the convergence of two rivers, the oh. Ohio River and the Kanawha River. Right. And Secret Skinwalker Ranch, they discovered water running underneath, underneath. the ranch. Right. And running water is kind of something that is related to Ma- a lot of paranormal activities. And magnetism and Magnetism and, yeah. and ghost sightings and things, right. because running water has a lot of energy Right, it can be used or stored or yeah. So that yeah. was that's a that's a big one that I hadn't realized until I heard the yeah. thing about the two rivers coming together. Wow. And even Native Americans <clears throat> said that that area was cursed because of the two rivers coming together and the waters mingling. That that was something that they thought was a, a right. bad omen. Yeah, and created bad energy. Yeah. So is that is that everything? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So. So there's all these phenomenon, you guys, that because um, we were watching, you know, as you guys know, we we uh, the season's over. So that's why we don't have any more updates for you about uh, Skinwalker Ranch. We're waiting for season three. They're probably filming it right now as we speak. Probably. I would imagine. Or just yeah. wrapping up. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Right. And so. Um, but, yeah, you know, being what's really fun about this, you guys, is, you know, when I decided to start this podcast, I knew I wanted to talk about empath stuff because I'm an empath. I knew I wanted to uh, address uh, mental health issues because I think so many people nowadays are just like struggling. Um, And then I wanted to, of course, get into some of my loves and fascinations, which is um, the reason being is because it helps me with my mental health. And so I think when you have a a fun side to life um, and you, you know, explore legends and explore weird phenomenon, uh, it can kind of help you take you out of your mind and just explore something that's more yeah. fun and fascinating than just the daily ins and outs of boring the life. Yes. Yeah, the mundanity of life. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so when we were, um, so when we first started this uh, journey, we were talking about uh, the Skinwalker Ranch and some of the different phenomenon there: uh, uh, UFO sightings, light anomalies, magnetic al- anomalies. Uh, what else, babe? Uh, oh, EVPs mm-hmm. and ghost sightings. Yeah, in, weird life anomalies. In Homestead. Mm-hmm. Uh, creatures, uh, skinwalkers. There's always some cryptid in, uh, connected. And so in the case with Skinwalker Ranch, uh, there's a skinwalker, which is like, sort of like a Native American lore. Uh, and so we noticed that connection. We also noticed that in every one of these scenarios, there's always some... A skirmish between white men and Native Americans. A lot of them, yes. And so maybe there's something to do, maybe, who knows, maybe the land uh, is magnetically, uh, energetically, energetically already predisposed yeah, like, or something. Yeah. And maybe that made it worse, or maybe the Native Americans cursed the land and that made it worse. Hard to say, but we're just, all we're trying to tell you guys is that there's, when we first started on this journey with uh, the secret of Skinwalker Ranch, we just started to see these like, you know, commonalities. And then when we watched the Bigfoot alien connection documentary, we started noticing that these uh, ley lines or vortexes or uh, hot spots were all over the place and that they were all having shared experiences. And that, I don't know if we're the first to report that, you guys, but that is fascinating to me because yeah. I didn't know going down this road that we were going to start connecting dots. Mm-hmm. So no, maybe we're, maybe they've no been idea. connected in the past. I don't from somebody out there, I don't know, but mm-hmm. 
but but we're starting to now see that um, anywhere there's a high paranormal activity, high magnetism in these hot spots, um, we're seeing like four to five different phenomenon that are repeatable, mm-hmm. that are now repeating. And so we've seen it at Skinwalker. We've seen it now at Point Pleasant. Uh, we've seen it now uh, in that shed in uh, Eugene, Oregon. Uh, we see it at the mystery spots in both California and Montana. So there's five that I know of, and 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 yeah. I'm sure there's more. And so, yeah, maybe the waterways have something to do with it. It would be interesting if someone did do some type of measurements at Point Pleasant to see if anything yeah. was off there. But a lot of the places where they did see things, see Mothman and, and Strange Lights and things, there was an abandoned power plant in Point Pleasant. Right. There was a, all these bunkers where they had stored munitions and things during a war and then a whole bunch of chemicals got poured and just right. just left there and that so could create some bad yeah, energy yeah. bad juju mm-hmm. bad vibes yeah bad vibes say. and then yeah. the running water and everything that kind of amplifies everything well and, and you know when you when it's like the ghost of gettysburg i mean there was so much bad stuff there that it energetically uh, polarized that area and so to this day, you can catch sightings of ghosts, full-bodied apparitions of entire platoons of soldiers uh, walking through the mm-hmm. uh, trees 20 feet up where there's yeah, not even ground no anymore. Ground. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, yeah, so that's fascinating. And so that's what's so that's the main thing I have to report, you guys, is that while this is all fun and freaky and fascinating, and that's why we get into it, um, I'm, I'm just floored. And my jaws on the ground wondering, I didn't know that when we started this journey, we were going to start putting pieces together. What do you think of that? Mm, It's super interesting. And I, yeah, I never would have thought to connect all these different phenomenon because they're in such different places in the country, different, different types of environments, cities. Yeah. Yeah. Just forests, weird. I, I would never have thought of it. But yeah. it's really interesting well, to think about. And it's it's fun and um, it's easy, you know, because that's the thing, you guys, is at the end of the day, yes, we're into this because it's fun. But we also want to put on our scientific hats, too, and decide, OK, let's start sorting out what's real from what's bullshit. And so clearly, when I'm telling you all this stuff, um, you have to, you know, you know, the stories of Men in Black, uh, the stories. Oh, Indrid Cold. So. Real quick, you guys, I forgot to, to add that. Let me quickly go into that. So Indrid Cold, uh, let me go get into it. There's an article here. Um, they have a picture of him, and he looks like this weird, like, hair backwards, widow's peak. He looks like the Joker. He's got this mm-hmm. weird, they call him the, grinning, call him the man. grinning man. Yeah. yeah, and so let me just read this to you, and then we'll kind of uh, go back into what we think maybe is going on here. Uh, and then at the end, we'll talk about what we think uh, all this is, okay? Um, but Indrid Cold, commonly known as the Smiling Man, is an allegedly humanoid entity. His name comes from his tendency to smile at those who encounter him. It is said that he uh, still visits West Virginia to this day. Description. The Grinning Man is reported to be human-like in appearance, though is commonly associated with UFO activity and is sometimes believed to be an alien. It is also believed that he is connected with the men in black. In, in his first uh, sighting, he was described as being over six feet tall and wearing a reflective green suit with a black belt. He had a dark complexion and small beady eyes set far apart. He was described as not having any nose, ears, or hair, although the picture they show him with ears yeah. and hairs, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> in his second known encounter, his suit was said to be blue instead of green, but still retained its reflective property. Along with that, 
he was described as looking perfectly natural with slicked back hair, a coat with uh, two top buttons unbuttoned, and having pants lighter than the coat, but still the same material. Uh, he was also described as being quite tan, though not dark, and looking like any normal human being. According to the reports made by Woodrow uh, Derenberger, Indrid Cold came from a planet named Lanulos in the Gemetis galaxy, and that's L-A-N-U-L-O-S. So he came, his name, planet Lanulos in the Genemedes galaxy, Genemedes galaxy, and that uh, they were uh, two other grinning men by the names of Demo Hassan and Carl Ardo. I don't know how they know all that, but okay. <laughs> well, in the story, he said that he saw this being, he was driving, yeah. and he saw this light come down and saw the grinning man, and he said it was like a telepathic thing. Yeah. That was how he knew the name. Right, and, and so and, was. And, and, and in the movie, they show Injured Cold, sort of like uh, the man who, you know, the main character... Uh, not Richard Gere, but the the main character who's getting these experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he uh, is said to have ran into Indrid Cold. Um, sometimes it uh, uh, seems like people who have experiences with him, uh, they get either they talk to them telepathically. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes they uh, might tell them something about their past that's scary. Uh, in some cases, they're even like uh, they have uh, 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 they're burned like like. Uh, ultraviolet or uh, some kind of burn from gamma radiation or some type of radiation. They get uh, Mm -hmm. burns as if, uh, you know, like with UFO sightings, sometimes you'll hear of these people getting burned Mm -hmm. if they're too close. Uh, So that's kind of weird. The first sighting of injured cold was first seen on October 16th, 1966 when two boys, Martin mouse Munov and James Jimmy. It's like, it's mouse and Jimmy. (laughs) Jimmy. In New Jersey, were uh, walking on 4th Street when they saw a surreal figure standing near a fence. As they walked closer, uh, the figure was a tall, bald man wearing a metal green suit who was staring right at them with a huge grin. The idiosyncratic man chased them until they got away from him. UFO sightings were also reported around the area. Jimmy nudged me and said, Who's that guy standing behind you? I looked behind and there, was, there he was, behind that fence, just standing there. He pivoted around and looked right at us. Then he grinned, a big old grin. According to uh, Nightmind, the boy, boys also recalled the more frightening details of their encounter later on. They would recall that the man in the green suit was unusually tall and had unnatural facial features, such as the lack of ears or a nose. Uh, on uh, November 2nd, 1966, in Parkersburg, West Virginia, uh, around the same uh, time as the Mothman uh, came about. Woodrow Derenberger was driving his way home on Interstate 77 until he heard a crash. Then an unidentifiable vehicle appeared to land in front of his truck. He described it as an old-fashioned kerosene lamp chimney, flaring at both ends, narrowing down to a small neck, and then enlarging in a great bulge in the center. The grinning man came out of the vehicle with a dark tan and walked up to the Derenberger and telepathically said his name was Indrid Cold, and he meant no harm. Cold said he just wanted to know more about the human race, and uh, he would uh, visit Derenberger again. After the encounter, Derenberger stated that Cold revealed he was uh, from the planet Lanolis in the galaxy of Genomedes. Uh During the same time, in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, the Lilly family had been reporting that poltergeist activity in their home, such as diamond-shaped lights. The Lilly's daughter, Linda, 
was sleeping one night and awoke to see a man standing in front of her. It was a man, a big man, very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but I could see that he was grinning at me. He walked around the bed and stood right over me. I screamed again and hid under the covers. When I looked up again, he was gone. Okay, so um, and then it says here, it's commonly believed that Indrid may be an alien entity and is supported by its close connection with the UFO activity and with Derenberger's sightings. It is also said by Derenberger and the Grinning Man is in fact a species of aliens with multiply, multiple grinning men. Although this is unlikely unless the aliens are shapeshifters because it would be almost impossible for a race to take the exact same evolutionary path as us. Um, however, the third sighting by the Lily family suggested instead that it may be a ghost or spirit of some kind and was connected with poltergeist activity happening in the residence. It may be a, a prank that went too far or a man with a mental illness. Others believe that it is a normal human man or a hoax based off of the popularity of the Mothman. And so, yeah, and so what you're seeing here, and that's what we uh, started to dig up in our research, is that, um, you know, all this uh, phenomenon, you know, after a while, when you tell enough stories, the, the details of the story change over time, and pretty soon you have what legends are made from, you know. Mm-hmm. First he has hair, then he doesn't have hair. First he has a nose, now he doesn't have a nose. He has slick mm-hmm. back hair now. Um, but you do start seeing some repeatable evidence like, Sunglasses, black sedans. Uh, I heard that they went to Cadillacs, and when we figured out they had Cadillacs, they changed to Volkswagens. So, you know, <laughs> you know. But you know, with all this repeatable stuff, yeah. I mean, there's got to be something to it. And so, what is it? I mean, what I gather from it is the Men in Black. They're not people. They can't be. I mean, mm-hmm. they can't eat a steak. Their clothes look <laughs> weird. They look strange and they have weird mannerisms. And yeah. And so maybe they're just trying to blend in, but they're doing so very poorly because they don't really know. Yeah. They don't know how to human. Well, right. Well, have you ever heard like, um, like a Chinese product, Chinese company on Amazon read like here, we're selling you these great pair of underwear. And it's like, have great, fantastic fashion with, you know, it's like, it's always sounds weird because they don't have, well, in that case, they're doing, yeah, they're doing literal yeah. translations. So it's, yeah. it's kind of the same type of thing, literal translations of how people move or how people talk or how people eat right. or dress. Or and so, right. And so Chinese, when they're trying to, well. yeah, when they're trying to uh, speak English, it sounds too literal and it sounds weird. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like is happening here with these men in black is that an injured cold is that, yeah, they're trying to human, but they can't quite human. Um, but they they don't seem necessarily... I don't know. What do you think? Do you think they're malevolent? Do you think they're um, they would harm anyone? Because they seem like they're friendly There's, enough. Yeah. Although on some accounts, were like especially with the reporters that had uh, encounters with them. Well, they didn't actually threaten them though. They just said, "Don't talk about it," or "You never saw this." Yeah. Or there wasn't any actual threats to it, but the the demeanor was threatening. <clears throat> right. Well, just and, because they're coming and warning them that they better stop what they're doing and quit and, talking about and it. And sometimes I hear that they just had cameras that would um, blind you. Other times I hear that people would have partial memory loss. And, of course, that's where we get into the Hollywood version of Men in Black, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I actually think if this is a real thing um, that, yeah, it's probably some alien shapeshifter. Or some something with advanced um, technologies that can somehow uh, make itself look like us, or maybe maybe they look like us and they just have to like 
put on a wig or, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, who knows, you know, but, yeah. but we see it often enough to where we can't now discount it outright. It is now forever a part of this uh, collective uh, legend. And the thing that really struck me about this whole injured cold um, is that I had never made the connection before to injured cold and the men in black mm-hmm. because yeah. I, no, when I think either. of injured cold, I think about the movie mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, you know, he has electronic voice. He doesn't speak with human vocal yeah. cords and all and that. They didn't introduce the men in black into the movie. Right. So it just would have added too many elements right. that they'd have to tie up at the end. Yeah. But well, and I thought it was interesting too. And the point pleasant thing, some of them were kids and teenagers that mm-hmm. had these sightings and encounters, but a yeah. lot of like, there was a teacher. Yeah. There were some pilots that saw like multiple right. mothmen right. yeah. at an airport. And that's another thing. Airports. O'Hare. Yeah. The airport port and Point Pleasant. Well, I mean, that's like, um, remember we're from, uh, down in California where uh, Vandenberg air force base is. And there is actual footage. I can't remember the year, but there's footage of a UFO kind of shooting some ray at the tip of this rocket. And that happened at Vandenberg, mm-hmm. where we're yeah. from. I mean, yeah. I've moved people. When I was a mover uh, back in college, I would move people uh, from that, that army base. And so uh, I've been there several times. Um, we've we've seen several rockets. Mm-hmm. I mean, you yeah. know, back in the day when you were a kid, we'd watch rockets shoot off yeah. all the time. They would schedule it, and you could just go out in your front yard and look at it. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. But yeah. – but that does kind of uh, go into the whole, um, you know, any uh, military base, uh, any important installation where there's a, a flight of any kind, it seems mm-hmm. like the UFOs kind of take notice. And uh, that kind of got me thinking about Star Trek because everything always does because I'm a nerd. <laughs> um, but it kind of like, uh, remember in uh, Star Trek, uh, the first contact, when uh, Zephram Cochran uh, you know, they you're not allowed to uh, make contact with any species that has pre-warp capabilities. And so as soon as they discovered warp capabilities, it's like, ah, and then they land. And of course, it's Vulcan. And you're like, ah, isn't that great? You know, like <laughs> now we're a part of the global, uh, uh, you know, uh, community, you know. And so that's that's kind of where my mind goes. But um, it, it would seem to me like UFOs. You know, because if they if they're here for real, I mean, they we've our first reported uh, sightings is like 1948, Roswell, New Mexico. Uh, they they report uh, this weird technology, like this foil. Uh, they talk about uh, two dead bodies, two alien bodies that were small and gangly, um, and so that's where the pu- we as the public kind of learn about it. Um, if they've been around for 50 to 100 years or more, because we even see uh, in old, old Renaissance bi- paintings, biblical bani- paintings even yeah. of old yeah. UFOs and stuff. So who knows, man? I mean, and so if they're here, um, they clearly don't want to blow us up, you know. Um, and if you read into, uh, say, like the, um, the, the Project Blue Book mm-hmm. has been declassified, that, oh, my God, you guys, if you want to go down the rabbit hole. That talks about like secret bases where there's like 50 different species of alien, including reptiles and stuff. And I don't know that I believe all that necessarily. All I do know, what we do know is this. We know that there's UFOs because there's hundreds of sightings. We know that there are paranormal hotspots. And in those paranormal hotspots, there seems to be four to five different repeatable phenomenon uh, that we mentioned before, um, 
and uh, and that uh, we there are, seems to be uh, ghosts, uh, uh, poltergeist activity, EM uh, EVPs. EVPs. Thank you. <laughs> My brain went dead. Mystery lights. Mystery which lights. Aren't necessarily UFOs, yeah. but different lights. different light and... anomalies. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. And so. And so at the end of the day, you guys, it got us really thinking about what's going on here because uh, it seems like wherever there's a paranormal hotspot, there's it's just a hotbed of random varied activity of four to five to six to seven different types of things. And so uh, is this a portal uh, perhaps to an interdimensional uh, realm? Like maybe these men in black are interdimensional travelers and they're just trying to Maybe they're like time cops, you know. Do you ever see that movie with uh, John Claude Van Damme, <laughs> where they, you know, they go to make sure that the timeline isn't messed with, you know? And maybe they're mm-hmm. that, or maybe they're interdimensional cops, or maybe they're, uh, maybe they're just aliens, you know? Because we don't really. I know that all sounds crazy and fantastical. I know, I know. <laughs> believe me, um, but but it sounds to me like um, when you have more than one uh, sighting, yes, we can debate the details we can debate whether or not men in black were alien or government agents we can debate whether they were bald or had hair or whether they were ethnic or white or <laughs> you know the details are different each time and so mm-hmm. they kind of become homogenized in our uh, uh consciousness you know um but at the end of the day um we're we're talking about multiple multiple uh, sightings of the mothman multiple multiple sightings of uh, men in black uh, and UFOs all within this area in the 1966-1967 area of Point Pleasant. By a lot of credible witnesses. Very and credible. like yeah. authors and reporters would preface it by saying that almost everyone that would talk to them would say, okay, I know this is going to sound crazy, but, but I want to talk to somebody yeah. about it and I need to yeah. tell somebody about it. So it didn't seem like most of the people were people that are trying to like get attention or right, get notoriety. No. Well, especially but, in those days mm-hmm. because... The people, you know, and that's what I, you know, whenever I talk about, uh, you know, Fox News and the weird culture developing there, it's because I, when I think of conservatives and conservatism, I think of old school, uh, you know, guys that just had their shit together, man. And so when they've gone from, you know, uh, Hank Hill to Dale Gribble, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Where's your credibility (laughs) going? You know, because... Yeah, when I think of these people in Point Pleasant, we're talking about old uh, plant workers. We're talking about old school, uh, really teachers, and teachers and farmers and, farmers and, and salt of the earth people. Yeah. yeah, and so I respect conservative people when it's in that context because these are the kind of people you want to come out for Bigfoot or for aliens or for Men in yeah. Black or for uh, the Mothman because they're more credible. Because if it was like someone like me. With my spiky hair and my, you know, my podcast about the paranormal, nobody would fucking believe me. It was like, yeah. ah, he's biased, you know. <laughs> um, but I would try to remain neutral. But if I did see something, like when I told you guys about my two encounters of UFOs, um, that was way, way, way before I became a podcaster. That was way before everything. I, that was before I even went in the army. And so, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I do believe that there's something not of our earth not of our realm and uh, i don't know what it is but that kind of leaves us at the hour mark i just wanted to kind of finish off uh and speculate about what what's going on here in terms of the whole phenomenon as a whole and then uh, specifically 
about Mothman and what it could be. So uh, go ahead, babe. Uh, you've got the floor. I'm scared. No. <laughs> well, as far as Mothman, I, wow, I honestly don't know. Um, I know some people think because it's been seen before disasters that it brings about those disasters, but I don't, yeah. I don't think that. I, think I don't think if that it's, either, if yeah. it's, it seems to me that it might be some type of elemental type of creature, yeah, cryptid-like. That, I've speculated that, too. That is just kind of observing, because it doesn't really seem to... It follows people, and it'll follow cars and mm-hmm. and scare people, but I don't know if its intent is to scare people. I yeah. think just by what it looks it like looks, it does. Yeah. But it doesn't seem like there's really any threatening demeanor yeah. to it. Um, yeah. I think it's just something that's just observing us. Yeah. And, and yeah, and so when you talk about demons and harbinger of, of doom and all that... Um, yeah, you know, in the movie uh, the, uh, with Dreamboat, uh, <laughs> Laura Linney, <laughs> um, yeah, they talk about, um, you know, how, uh, you know, when he's talking, one at one point he's talking to that uh, professor mm-hmm. and the professor who, who wrote the book and the professor says, well, they just have a different vantage point than us. So, from their perspective, they, you know, he, he compares it to a window washer. A window washer um, can't see more than you. He just has a different vantage point. And so maybe they just see into the not so uh, far future uh, or, you know, because um, from their vantage point, it's clear as a bell. Whereas mm-hmm. we here on the ground, uh, figuratively speaking, uh, we, we, have to experience life in real time where yeah. whatever, uh, whatever, uh, plane they're on, whatever level they're on, they seem to have some, uh, you know, c- uh, ability to, to see a little bit further into the future than us. And so, um, are they, uh, causing all this stuff? I, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think so, I don't think so because nothing uh, here strikes me as uh, malicious or intentional you know, or, or somehow evil intent. I don't see that. No, I don't either. Yeah. I, and like that one post office lady said it ran towards her, but then it flew up. So it, it could have attacked her. Right. It was way bigger than her. Could well, have done something, but. And it's... maybe it felt, feels threatened yeah. because you're, you're, you know, she said she darted like a bat out of hell in her car. Screamed. If you, if you had a <laughs> Ford Fiesta coming at you at a hundred miles an hour, you might get a little aggressive too. <laughs> You know, so yeah, we don't know because yeah, these testimonials we have to take on their word, and so uh, at the end of the day, yeah, I don't believe that he's an actual demon. I don't believe in actual demons. Uh, uh, I do believe that uh, demons, in terms of, I believe in paranormal demons, but I don't necessarily believe in biblical demons um, because I think biblical demons are what I think are malevolent uh, or sometimes just neutral uh, earth spirits they've never been human they've just always existed and i'm getting that vibe here yeah because Absolutely. when you think of these things i mean they're freaky looking as hell um i don't know if they can help how they look maybe they can transform shape maybe they are injury cold maybe they are men in black but i don't know I, you know i i just know that we've seen we, we see enough sightings to know that the phenomenon has to be real so yes I do believe in Mothman. Yes, I do believe that it is. Uh, it seems to be curious of us the, the way UFOs are curious of us. Whenever you know we're testing 
uh, rockets, whenever we're testing weapons, whenever we're testing um, flying uh, machines, uh, we seem to get the attention of UFOs. Um, and so, so maybe these things are either alien or maybe, maybe it's all interconnected. Maybe they are, uh, you know, maybe they're just making sure that us as a, because we're coming up as a species, we're not quite there yet. They know that we aren't sophisticated enough to handle some of this technology. So maybe they're just trying to make sure that, you know, we uh, don't, uh, you know, blow ourselves up or blow up the earth or <laughs> something like that. I don't know. I mean, so in, in some ways you might think of them as benevolent in spirit. But um, but I don't know. Um, it just seems like they we get paranormal attention whenever uh, our species is doing anything that sort of, uh, you know, potentially hazardous to our health we'll say you know detrimental to our species or the planet or and and maybe these things are yeah they're either cosmic creatures or they're interdimensional creatures you know i kind of compared it to um if any of you guys again star trek sorry uh star trek discovery remember when there was that the the red phoenix or whatever it was and then Mm -hmm. we find out that it was a time traveler and then in the end spoiler alert uh, if you don't want to hear the end, uh, skip ahead 10 seconds. But the uh, the end, we find out that the, the Phoenix was actually uh, Michael, the main mm-hmm. character, right? Yeah. And so, whoa, she's a time traveler. Okay, got it. You know, so mm-hmm. so maybe these creatures are interdimensional travelers. Maybe they're time travelers. Maybe they're uh, just aliens. Uh, maybe they're none of that. Maybe they're just cryptids. Or maybe they're paranormal entities. You know, and that's the thing. I have trouble... Like, I don't know why, but I have trouble believing... I can believe in ghosts because they're made of energy and they don't have physical shape. I have trouble believing in paranormal entities. Um, I would rather them just simply be, uh, you know, just biological cryptids, you know. Mm -hmm. They eat, poop, and sleep just like us, you know. Mm -hmm. But in this particular instance, this to me feels a little bit bigger than a Bigfoot. This feels a little more interdimensional than a Bigfoot. This feels... Mm -hmm. This feels... To me, an awful lot, like I said, of, of uh, interdimensional beings or uh, cosmic beings or just simply um, uh, earth spirits yeah, or earth beings, you know, mm-hmm. like beings that have always existed. Maybe they're hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years old. Uh, maybe they're created. Like I said, we don't understand how the dynamics of energy. And so that's what we're trying to figure out here is like. Energy uh, can be concentrated, energy can uh, dissipate, energy can uh, manifest as free thinking, uh, you know, things like ghosts and things. So I don't claim to understand it all, but it's just it's fascinating to contemplate. And so, yeah, at the end of the day, I kind of think that that I want to believe I'd like to believe that Mothman is on our side because it, he's not causing it. Because if he was no, causing it, I, I think, think he so. would see it. I think it's just, it's a being that just kind of maybe has our back. And it's just like, oh shit. I mean, he's and people say, oh, why wouldn't he get our attention? Maybe he doesn't work on our level. You, you know. How? Yeah, I mean, what would he maybe say? Maybe I mean, him flying by cars and keeping up with people and looking at them is trying to get their attention to communicate something. Yeah. But it can't. Well, and we don't know, we don't understand what its powers are. We don't understand if it speaks our language. We don't understand, we don't even know if it has vocal cords or if, or if it does have telekinesis, telepathic abilities. Um, 
we can't prove that. You know, um, you would think if injured cold was talking to that man uh, in the car that day, which I think is a representation of the guy in the movie, mm-hmm. um, you would think that he would say, hey, man, there's going to be a bridge collapse and I don't want you to be there. You know, like, you know, <laughs> which in the movie he did. Yeah. In real life. That was didn't just happen. Effect. Right. Yeah. That was just they an just addition kind of brought the movie. that together. Right. But, um, yeah, fascinating stuff, man. I mean, you know, you know, like I said, you guys, um, this is more of a thought experiment. I'm not saying, oh, yeah, I absolutely believe. I, I'm open to it because in this world, you know, beyond our walls, beyond our borders, beyond our, uh, you know, mountains, there are trees and forests and things that go on for hundreds of miles, um, it, it, it captures the imagination. And <clears throat> I think there's been enough phenomenon with UFO sightings, uh, of ghost sightings, of um, uh, Mothman sightings, and Men in Black sightings. Oh, and that's the thing I was going to say. I never knew that the Men in Black uh, were tied to Mothman specifically. No, I didn't I either. just always no, assumed it was a UFO no thing. But so we're starting to see that, that connection mm-hmm. in kind of a triangle, you know. Yeah. The cryptid... Uh, UFO, Men in Black uh, triad, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's really fascinating stuff. Um, I don't have much more to say on the subject other than um, I have a Mothman shirt in the, in the closet. I almost wore it, but I didn't because I didn't shower today. I need one. I, I'm wearing my I, UFO shirt instead. That, that works. It ties in. It works, it's, yeah. yeah. You're, you're wearing your uh, Bob's Burgers shirt. Yes, <laughs> With Louise. Louise. Yeah, she's the greatest. Um, Yeah, you guys. I mean, at the end of the day, what's real? What's not real? It's real easy to speculate. And it's real easy to laugh all this stuff off. I know, I know. You know, but at the end of the day, I'm not saying I believe everything. But I am starting. My criteria is anything that's repeatable, that's repeated at least a dozen times. Any phenomenon or uh, eyewitness account that has at least two or more, or six, or more. You know, when you ha- start seeing multiple, multiple, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, testimonials or sightings or phenomenon, anytime you have multiple accounts of something, that's where I start looking for patterns. And those patterns either uh, show that humans are just weird and we just love gravitating towards the weird and the out there, or uh, these patterns show that uh, there's something more to this. And I don't know which came first, the chicken or the egg. Don't either. A little bit of both. Yeah. I think it's all all interconnected. I know. Some things are real, some aren't. Some are folklore. <clears throat> yeah. Some are, folklores are based on real things, possibly. So yeah. people that discount things by saying, oh, it's just stories. Well, the story <clears throat> started somewhere. Yeah. And it very well could have been from real experiences. So you never know. Yeah. Exactly right. And it's just interesting, and it's fun. And yeah. And that's I what it's it. all about. It you know, is- and that, I mean, yes, we are trying to uncover the truth. Yes, <clears throat> we are... Uh, believers we're soft believers um but um you know we're not we're not hook line and sinker on this we just want to kind of know what the truth is and yeah at the end of the day i believe all these things existed at least uh, we don't know in in what detail like i said the details always change but yeah at the end of the day something existed and 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 yeah really what really fascinated me the most about all this is the fact that i didn't expect this to be a journey of discovery we've evolved mm-hmm. from our first episode to now in almost 25 episodes uh we've evolved to to see that these paranormal hotspots have 
repeatable uh, phenomenon from ghosts to aliens to light anomalies to cryptids. It's fucking crazy. It is. And I don't yeah. know, but hopefully in season two, maybe we can kind of go down that rabbit hole a little bit further and uh, hopefully, you know. Maybe I'll win a travel voucher <clears throat> from work and we can go on a paranormal cryptid trip. Dude, you, you, you speak in my language. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Anyways, you guys. Yeah, what do you guys think? Uh, check it out, uh, you know, for yourself. Uh, come to your own conclusions. You know, we're... We're soft believers, but we're not. We're not stupid. We're we're not naive. We're just we're just uh, fascinated with all this. And whenever there's repeatable evidence, yeah, that's when it makes it a little bit more credible. You know, that's why uh, I believe in uh, ghosts. That's why I believe in Bigfoot. That's why I believe in uh, Men in Black. That's why I believe in the Mothman. Um, but I don't believe in everything. I, you know, uh, that's why I haven't done shows on you know, like Jersey Devil. I haven't done shows on uh, the Fresno Skinwalker, although I want to. Um, but I don't know if there's enough out there yet to talk yeah. about. I mean, you could say, well, those are weird, and that's about all right. you have to yep. say. <laughs> the Fresno, uh, what's it called? The Fresno... Uh, Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, yeah. Mm -hmm. If you guys haven't heard about that cryptid, geez Louise, that's weird. Um, <laughs> but what really kind of helps that story and the credibility is there's multiple videos on, yes, yeah, on YouTube, I know, real credible, but... It's repeatable, and um, you see uh, the Native Americans uh, have uh, statues of these creatures dating back a couple hundred of year hundreds of years. So that kind of helps me. Um, mm -hmm. And so again, we don't know if somebody created it because of that or, exactly. or whatever. But I also noticed a lot of this phenomenon. There seems to be uh, some connection to the Native American people, and so I believe. That has a lot to do with the fact that the Native American people um, just were more connected to the earth. They didn't have TV. They didn't have smartphones. They didn't have all that shit. And while you could say the white man of the, that era didn't either, um, we were more into technology, uh, guns and weaponry and maps and, you know, uh, you know, telescopes and things. Uh, Native Americans were very close to the earth. They were more about conquering the earth instead of living with the earth. Right. And being of the earth. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, and that's why I love Native American culture because it is mm -hmm. so respectful of the earth and respectful of the animals and respectful of, uh, of everything. And that's why we talk about this, you guys, because honestly, uh, this is all about trying to discover uh, what really is this world? Because it's easy to get stuck thinking that it's all about school and then college and then marriage and then job and then kids and then death. I mean, yeah, that is life, but I think there's so much more to it. And um, as an empath, I know there's more to it because energetically I sense a lot and I know there's some, there's more out there and the truth is out there. They Fox Mulder has a point. You guys, yes. there's more <laughs> out there. Uh, and, and I just want to, the, recommend the documentary watched yesterday. Yeah. The Mothman of Point Pleasant. Yeah. Um, Seth Breedlove, I believe, yeah. is the one who did it. And he right. did a few big, big man, big man, big foot <laughs> documentaries also. So. Hey, I'm big man. <laughs> How's it going? Hey, big man. Hey, big man. Um, <laughs> so check it out. So if, you, if you're interested, it was a good one. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, do, you, do you have anything else for us, babe? Not really. Yeah. I just want to keep reading and learning and yeah, I want to yeah. read the Mothman prophecies. Well, I want to read all these books. And that's, the... that's what this is all about. It's not about, you know, hook, line and sinker and believing all this necessarily. It's about keeping an open mind, um, but not so open that your brain falls out. And then it's, it's about 
a, a journey of discovery. You know, like at the beginning of this season, I did not know that uh, talking about Secret of Skinwalker Ranch was going to start pulling up repeatable uh, phenomenon that was going to help us start connecting dots to these uh, yeah. vortexes that are paranormal right. hotspots. So I, no. I think that's where we're going to probably end up going down that avenue uh, in season two. Um, but yeah, that's what we got, folks. And I appreciate you listening. Uh, I hope you got something from this. Um, you know, don't despair, you guys. I love talking about the mental health stuff. I love talking about the men- uh, the the empath stuff. It's all equally a love of mine. But um, I, as an empath, you guys, you have to understand, empaths are energetically sensitive, and sometimes just the admission itself of saying you're an empath opens you up energetically, uh, not only to scrutiny, but uh, when you're trying to be a public figure and you're out there in the podcast world, um, you know, my feelers are way, way out there. And some days, like yesterday and the day before, I I had a migraine. Mm -hmm. Um, I really had to keep my feelers in because um, energetically, I get too far out there. And that's, you know, you start paying too much to politics. You start paying too much about how crazy our world's becoming and how stupid people are getting and how mean everyone's getting and so you know if you're conservative we're not trying to pick on you guys um it has to do with sustainability if your culture is um you know inclusive and kind and and generous um that is what we're all about we're trying to uh, uncover the truth and we're trying to uh, you know get rid of unsustainable mentalities unsustainable behaviors that are just tearing this world apart you guys we have to work together if we don't work together, we're always going to be looking for every opportunity to stab each other in the back, and we can't get anything done that way. I want high-speed rail, you guys. I want to get past you know, the moon, man. I want, I want technologies where we can become futurists um, and become like, more like Star Trek because once we really start mastering technology, we can start you know, finding our spirituality in that. And that's what's so fascinating to me is, is that, that connection where, where – uh, uh, technology and spirituality intersect um i really truly believe that there's so much more to discover if we just get our shit together but when our governments are always yelling at each other and when left versus right are always looking for every opportunity to fuck with each other i just think that is not sustainable and while i know sometimes i pile on um, i'm not piling on to conservatives or conservatism i'm only trying to say that donald trump and those uh those uh Cult of personality, those uh, those are uh, what I call social uh, cul-de-sacs. They're not going anywhere, you guys. They have to die out. Better mentalities must reign supreme, and we have to get all those Machiavellians, all those uh, no-good shysters out of politics on both sides. And so uh, I'm all about inclusion and robust living and having good mental health. And so we have one more episode, you guys, to do and i'm i'm still on the fence of what i'm going to do it about um but i i want to make sure it's a good one and so we'll be back one more time uh, uh tune in to my social media at chef bride comedy that's where i usually kind of give you guys hints and clues of what it's going to be about and i ask you guys hey what should i do this about and especially on my last episode i'd like your interjection please let us know what you think we should talk about on that last episode. And uh, if you want to talk to uh, Rebecca, uh, reach her at uh, Spooky Nerdy Gal on the Instas. Yep. And the Twitters. Although I hardly go on Twitter. So. I, I barely do yeah. too. But I'm trying to because I have a buddy who's a 
a stand-up comedian like myself, and he's like, we're kind of like networking buddies. He's like, dude, all of your uh, Twitter looks weird. I'm like, oh, that's because I, I go on face, I go on Instagram, and I send it from Instagram, and so it's just links from my that's all Instagram. I do too. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, this nobody's there, nobody's showing up I don't yet. Understand it. <laughs> I understand <laughs> it. I don't have enough followers there yet. So once I have more followers there, so please. Go to my Twitter. Help me out, you guys. Um, but next season, we're going to start going more down that rabbit hole of uh, what's going on with this whole paranormal hotspots. Uh, we'll start going down the rabbit hole. I want to start doing interviews. So I'm going to start interviewing some folks. I'm going to try to get a hold of that dude down in uh, Eugene, Oregon. We'll see what mm-hmm. happens with that. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm going to start selling merch, you guys. Um, I want to sell merch with some of our taglines, uh, you know, humor where humor meets heart. And more and more and more. There's a bunch of isms that I've developed and ticks and clicks and buzzes buzzes and, and personality. And yeah, just weird personality quirks that <laughs> make me me, you know. And I appreciate you guys just being nice to me and thank you for being nice. That's what we're all about. I want to be nice to you guys as well. Um, but yeah, you do have to have a thick skin in this world. It's tough, man. And so if you ever hear me getting snarky, it's because I'm trying to teach you guys that just because you're sensitive and asensitive doesn't mean you have to be a wimp. If you live your head in your in that sensitivity all the time, you're going to burn yourself out, you guys. You got to take a day off. You got to be not insensitive, but maybe just a little bit, you know, turn tune, tune the knob a little bit. Just be, you know, help yourself out. You can't live inside that sensitive realm all the time. And so that's uh, my best advice to you empaths out there is that when you're tuned on and you're cranked to 11 all the time, uh, you burn out, you you feel too much, you see too much, you get um, overwhelmed by people's um, bad intentions. Um, I, I promise you, you guys, if you look in the right areas, you're going to see good intention everywhere. And that's what this is all about is trying to see the goodness in this world, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So Hard anyway, to see sometimes, but it is. It's there. It is, and we, I, we have tough times. I mean, we're not perfect, but, but we try our best to really try to be forward thinking and try to uh, put one foot in front of the other and just try to have fun with life. If you, without that sense of humor, man, you got nothing. Because if you can't laugh at yourself and you can't laugh at your own imperfections, man, you can't laugh at anything. So please, just have a sense of humor about yourself. Have a sense of humor about life. I promise you, uh, it makes life go down a lot smoother. But anyways, we will see you one more time. And I thank you guys. We love you. Say goodbye, please, honey. Bye. (laughs) Thanks, you guys. We love you. Bye-bye.